Chapter Three of Windsor Castle, Book Six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Windsor Castle, Book Six by William Harrison Ainsworth. Chapter Three. What passed between Norris and the tall monk? tottering to the seat which henry and jane had just quitted anne sank into it after a little time having in some degree recovered her composure she was about to return to the great hall when norris appeared i did not deceive you madam he said when i told you the king was insensible to your charms he only lives for jane seymour would i could dismiss her cried anne furiously if you were to do so she would soon be replaced by another rejoined norris the king delights only in change with him the last face is ever the most beautiful you speak fearful treason sir replied anne but i believe it to be the truth oh then madam pursued norris since the king is so regardless of you why trouble yourself about him there are those who would sacrifice a thousand lives if they possessed them for your love i fear it is the same with all men rejoined anne a woman's heart is a bauble which when obtained is speedily tossed aside your majesty judges our sex too harshly said norris if i had the same fortune as the king i should never change the king himself once thought so once swore so replied anne petulantly it is the common parlance of lovers but i may not listen to such discourse longer oh madam cried norris you misjudge me greatly my heart is not made of the same stuff as that of the royal henry i can love deeply devotedly lastingly know you not that by these rash speeches you place your head in jeopardy said anne i would rather lose it than not be permitted to love you he replied but your rashness endangers me said the queen your passion has already been noticed by jane seymour and the slightest further indiscretion will be fatal nay if that be so cried norris and your majesty should be placed in peril on my account i will banish myself from the court and from your presence whatever the effort cost me No replied anne i will not tax you so hardly i do not think she added tenderly deserted as i am by the king that i could spare you you confess then that i have inspired you with some regard he cried rapturously do not indulge in these transports norris said anne mournfully your passion will only lead to your destruction perchance to mine let the certainty that i do love content you and seek not to tempt your fate further oh madam you make me the happiest of men by the avowal he cried i envy not now the king for i feel raised above him by your love you must join the revel norris said anne your absence from it will be observed and extending her hand to him he knelt down and pressed it passionately to his lips 
ah we are observed she cried suddenly and almost with a shriek rise sir norris instantly sprang to his feet and to his inexpressible dismay saw the figure of a tall monk gliding away throwing a meaning look at the almost sinking queen he followed the mysterious observer into the great hall determined to rid himself of him in some way before he should have time to make any revelations avoiding the brilliant throng the monk entered the adjoining corridor and descending the great staircase passed into the upper quadrangle from thence he proceeded towards the cloisters near st george's chapel where he was overtaken by norris who had followed him closely what would you with me sir henry norris cried the monk halting you may guess said norris sternly and drawing his sword there are secrets which are dangerous to the possessor unless you swear never to betray what you have seen and heard you die the tall monk laughed derisively you know that your life is in my power he said and therefore you threaten mine well e'en take it if you can as he spoke he drew a sword from beneath his robe and stood upon his defence after a few passes norris's weapon was beaten from his grasp you are now completely at my mercy said the monk and i have nothing to do but to call the guard and declare all i have heard to the king i would rather you plunged your sword into my heart said norris there is one way and only one by which my secrecy may be purchased said the monk name it replied norris were it to be purchased by my soul's perdition i would embrace it you have hit the point exactly rejoined the monk dryly can you not guess with whom you have to deal partly replied norris i never found such force in mortal arm as you have displayed probably not laughed the other most of those who have ventured against me have found their match but come with me into the park and you shall learn the condition of my secrecy i cannot quit the castle replied norris but i will take you to my lodgings where we shall be wholly unobserved and crossing the lower ward they proceeded to the tower on the south side of it now appropriated to the governor of the arms knights about an hour after this norris returned to the revel his whole demeanour was altered and his looks ghastly he sought the queen who had returned to the seat in the embrasure what has happened said anne in a low tone as he approached her have you killed him no he replied but i have purchased our safety at a terrible price you alarm me norris what mean you she cried i mean this he answered regarding her with passionate earnestness that you must love me now for i have perilled my salvation for you that tall monk was herne the hunter End of chapter three